Welcome to Inside the Castle, a podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm your host today, Aaron Schneider. Today's guest is Phil Copeland, who's the National Cybersecurity Manager at USA's headquarters. Thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. For today's episode, we want to showcase the cybersecurity program. Before we get into that discussion, let's get to know our guest. Phil, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role within the Corps as it relates to cybersecurity? Sure. So I, I grew up in Branson, Missouri, and uh, moved away for several years and, and worked for the um, Department of Energy, then a very large power company out in Denver, Colorado. I've been working in control system, SCADA, and operational technology my entire career. And then cybersecurity, I started doing cybersecurity in 1996. That's when I configured my first Cisco firewall. And from there, I've just kind of developed into where I am now. And I'm back in Branson, Missouri, and we started the operational technology program in Branson, Missouri. So now we're the headquarters and overall the um, control system cybersecurity for the core and civil works is our priority. Yeah, that, that's that's great and an interesting background working, you know, in computers and cybersecurity since 1996. I remember, I think I got my first computer in 1990. So it's pretty interesting time on the cutting edge there. When we think about cybersecurity, I kind of, you know, feel like most people might not know exactly what that means. I mean, I know you hear about like hacks and reports of, you know, cyber crimes and things like that, where people are holding data centers ransom for Bitcoin and things like that. But like, what does cybersecurity mean for the core? So you have IT, which is your enterprise, and that's managed by the CIO and his his team. And then you have the operational technology, which is all the systems that control the infrastructure, and that's managed by me and, and this incredible team that we've assembled to take care of the cybersecurity for the things that operate the infrastructure. And so cybersecurity is that that is it's protecting the for us it's protecting the availability and the functionality of our systems from either a inside or outside attack. So you have to you have to watch it from from both angles. And Another part of that we really focus on is integrating cybersecurity and physical security. So it's a it's a huge team effort between my team, the critical infrastructure cybersecurity center of expertise, and the physical security folks in in headquarters and the divisions and the districts. And we have our own staff of uh, physical security specialists that work in the UKIC. That's how we we integrate the physical and cyber, uh, so it so we can protect both both sides of the infrastructure. So, so thinking about that protection of the infrastructure, I, I bet your job got significantly harder in the last eighteen months or so with COVID. Uh, the workforce going from predominantly in the office to probably predominantly remote. What can you tell us about that transition for you from when the workforce was going from in office to remote and, and what types of things or different challenges did you guys have to face? For us, it kind of began right in the middle of March. Um, we received a 911 call from headquarters say, hey, we need to we need to figure out how we're going to manage this. Um, 
from a infrastructure perspective, how do we keep the infrastructure running? How do we keep it protected? So we worked night and day for weeks, months to get it all set up. So we had to develop a mission central function uh, spreadsheet. And from that, we started prioritizing what was the critical functions that we need to keep operating the entire infrastructure or employees got infected with that COVID and couldn't couldn't operate the infrastructure. How are we going to keep this running? And so we we worked up multiple solutions. The one that we have pushed out and have tested and is working wonderful is the tethering project. And it's used to control the navigation locks from a distance away from the lockhouses and where the operators would normally sit. And so we built in a plug-in module and we brought the control system out so that it can be operated from 50, 60, 100 feet away to keep the infrastructure working properly. You know, as you saw from an enterprise perspective, it was getting the VPNs to work. And we're not part of that, but that was a critical piece to this to get people to be able to remote work remotely. We have pretty much stayed in the office and working the entire time we're in a small community in, in, in Branson, Missouri. That's been pretty nice for us. You know, we, we, we kept normal business operations. And since we're, our systems are isolated, we started traveling very early in the COVID environment. So you, you got your PPE and we, we masked up and we did the things that we need to, needed to do. To, and we got on airplanes and cars and, and, and we kept our infrastructure secured by being on site. Yeah, no, I, I definitely remember the days of the, the VPN where you'd have to sign in and be on for like an hour and get booted off. And, and those are some, some challenging times. And I, I, it's good to hear, you know, you're hearing about the experience of others and the fact that you were in the office still working and pushing some of those new technologies, like the tethering that you mentioned. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of times we hear is like, oh, you know, some of this infrastructure has been accelerated by years and years. Is there anything you can tell us that really got pulled forward. Uh, that was maybe something we are thinking about doing. It's like, oh, this is the time to do it, and we've been able to to deploy that to help get our staff be more efficient in delivery. So from the the OT side, um, probably not. And and I don't have enough information to really to be able to, to speak about how the IT enterprise has added things in, but I, I know they've added in multiple solutions and they're a phenomenal team. It's a pleasure to have such a great relationship with the um, the government IT folks across the uh, enterprise because it's, it's a huge team effort between the IT part of the organization, the physical security part of the organization, and the intel part of the organization, and and the OT side of the organization. So it, it, you have to all bring it all in together to be able to um, to protect the way that we need to from a cyber and physical security perspective. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point too. And I bet you most folks at home, you're, you're working from home on your VPN and you don't realize all the different pieces that have to work seamlessly for us to be able to do our job. So it's, it's really having you and that support team behind the scenes, um, ensuring that we can all work from home and, and be effective and having the security we need. I did hear um, there was an article published the other day and Mr. Peoples was talking about a zero trust security concepts and security environment. 
Can you talk a little bit about that, the Zero Trust Playbook, I guess it's called, and really what that means for us and how the Corps is implementing that? So from a Zero Trust, Zero Trust principles are, we look at them a little bit different on the operational technology side than you do on the, um, on the IT enterprise side. We brought in Zero Trust technologies in 2020, early in 2020. And so we started testing, how do we, how do we bring in Zero Trust and use it in an operational technology environment where you're not interconnected with outside networks or the World Wide Web? And so what we did was we, they, we brought in AI engine and part of, part of our criteria was that the artificial intelligence needed to be standalone. So you couldn't have a, a cloud connection for the OT side. So how do we do this and be able to download the updates that we need to keep the AI engine to and and have it do a comparison with with your packet captures that you have within your uh, operational technology environment. We got that I think we're about 70% with that, but it's it's a we developed a, a really robust solution. I mean, we're on the cutting edge in the Corps of Engineers when it comes to protecting operational technology. So that's how we've done zero trust. It's it's on the IT side, it's a little bit different. But for for us, it is it's protecting the environment that operates the infrastructure. Could you maybe explain to our listeners a little bit about the, the difference probably between the IT side, maybe what they see day to day, and then the actual functions that, that your office does to show how they kind of fit together and work together? That's a good question. So for operational technology control systems that are running the bulk electric system or the grid or making sure commerce is slowing through our navigation locks or the dams can operate the floodgates when they need to. Its availability uh, is number one. Where IT, its confidentiality is typically your your main driving factor. So there's there's several things that can come into play because the availability that means no downtime. That means that you need to be able to operate operate your systems 24/7, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and there is no maintenance windows for you to to do maintenance, just to do updates or things like that, like you see in the IT environment. So OT also, what comes into play is safety, reliability, and controllability. That's that's the things that we look at. And you talk about the life cycle of the facility. So with your computers that you have, you know, you're using on your, your desktops, they're replaced on a pretty regular basis, like two years, maybe might be maxing more with technology is moving as fast as it is, as it is. But when you um, when you look at your infrastructure, you have equipment that's been in these facilities that are, you know, 15 to 20 years old, and you're interconnected with a system that is controlling the infrastructure. And so you have you have to look at how do we keep the infrastructure running? How do we keep the most current computer systems that work with your aging infrastructure. And it's a, it's a balancing act for us because you might have a, a $20 million governor 
that is interfaced with a, a, a computer and an operating system that would be, you know, the computer is probably $2,000 and your operating system is a couple of hundred bucks versus replacing a, a $20 million piece of equipment. So, so we had to figure out how do you, how do you protect this and, and keep the infrastructure running and keep, keep the, the systems that are running them protected from a, a cyber attack inside and out. So that's some of the challenges that we face as a as a team for the Corps of Engineers to let's keep the infrastructure running. That's what it's all about. You keep your infrastructure running and keep it protected from um, from any type of um, attacks that would like to do harm to the to the United States. Yeah, I think that that was a good explanation for our listeners to understand how it's it's you know what you do is different than us using our computers to go on the web and you know you know search for articles. It, it, you know, you're talking more physical infrastructure security and some of the, the systems that we've had in place maybe since you know, the 30s in some cases and ensuring that how we operate those is they're online all the time and that if there's a threat out there um, that we can alleviate that threat. So really an interesting you know, thing to think about it and understand that that must be a big challenge with aging infrastructure and being able to sync up kind of modern technology with some of this old technology i mean there's got to be a little bit of challenges there as well right it is it is so for us isolation is our first line of defense we isolate from external networks as much as we possibly can and where we interface with external networks we have state-of-the-art technologies to be able to push the data and so that there is no there's no two-way interconnection back into the the systems that control um, the infrastructure so it comes down to you protect the edge of the boundary of your control system and you only you don't let anything into it and you push out the necessary data to the systems that need the data to be able to function and do their job so we interface a lot with Department of Energy, and they have the water management data that is used to make make decisions, like especially in a flood fight. You know that data is really critical, and so those are those are some of the stuff that we're making sure the data is there when they need it. That we're protecting the systems that are actually controlling the infrastructure. That's great, and it's nice to know that we have people like you out there keeping these assets functioning and safe. Um, and we're really nearing the end of our session together, um, but before we part ways, I really wanted to ask you, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners about your program or what you do, uh, something, some interesting tidbits that they should be aware of? Sure. So I think, I think the, the key to, to do what we've been able to do is we have a, a multifaceted team of the most talented people that I've ever worked with in my entire career. We focus on on all the different technologies that are available. That way, we have expertise across the board. So, if you're if you're wanting to if you're getting into the programming of a programmable logic controller, we got experts in that. If you got if you got folks that for your your firewalls, your boundary defense, your intrusion detection systems, we got expertise in that. It's a budgeting, purchasing, uh, that's all housed in this team that is is working through protecting our civil works infrastructure. 
best team I've ever worked with in my, like I said, in my entire career. And then we have a state-of-the-art state-of-the-art lab that where we're testing the newest technologies that are that are out there. And we test we test these for for years before we before we deploy them because we need to make sure that we understand how they're going to function. Are they going to do what we're asking them to do? Like for our intrusion detection systems, they are for the operational technology and they're looking at protocols that are used in in control systems and SCADA systems and industrial control systems uh, across the board. So you you might be on an enterprise system, you're looking at IP, TCP IP protocol where we're we're looking at Modbus and DMP. So we have to we have to understand those protocols and and be able to detect behavioral based type stuff of, of a network to, to understand if we need to if there's something that we need to do or if we, there's something going on that shouldn't be. So we have we have the greatest equipment that you can you can purchase and that is protecting our infrastructure. Well, that's great. And I really want to thank you, Phil, and your whole team for uh, you know, keeping that infrastructure up and running and keeping it safe. So it's definitely a big job and an important job. But you know, ultimately, you know, thank you for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you, what topics are important to you and people you're interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, be revolutionary. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together. Thank you.